you and I know that when you stop really just showing up in life, that is the be like, that's what puts the brakes on confidence. The decision to just go, I'm a person who shows up. I'm a person who shows up and does stuff. Therefore, I'm in the 1%. I'm going to fail a whole lot. I'm going to feel a whole lot, but I will not stop showing up. That is what makes champions, period, in life. So you're like, but the brain is always like, but when I start complaining, I immediately start throwing a pity party. And we complain about little things. We complain about stoplights. We complain about a hard workout or what we don't want to do. Or I don't know, I complain about doing my QuickBooks and Excel. Like sometimes, you know, I'm like, okay, and somebody else wants to do your, your money for you. Somebody wants to be in your spot, Trish. So stop complaining. But we also, because then it, what it does is just distracts us. It puts a negative atmosphere in our mind. And look, your positive, your, your confidence and your courage muscles cannot thrive in negative soil. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up, and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. Today, I'm very excited for my guest. She is also a confidence coach. Her name is Trish Blackwell, and she is the host of the Confidence Podcast. She's an expert in empowering people to get past self-doubt, overcome limiting beliefs, and perform at the highest level. She is an author. She's coached everyone from Olympic athletes to CEOs. And today, we talked about five things that hurt your confidence. You guys are going to love today's episode. Y'all, I am super stoked for today's podcast. My girlfriend, Trish Blackwell, who's also a confidence coach, is joining me today. And we are going to jam out on so many things that you guys are obsessed with. Because obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, deciding it's your turn, you are looking for more and more women who are confidently living their most purposeful, profitable, amazing life. And Trish and I are going to jam out on so many things. But we're basically going to talk about the things that hurt your confidence. You know, I tell you all the time and I bring on amazing guests that uh, tell us how to build up our confidence, but like what is hurting us? And Trish, I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, I love our new friendship. I'm already excited about it. And I just thank you for having me. I'm so excited. And anytime we can jam on confidence and collaborate and combine and just have more people talking about confidence is the secret sauce to life. Amen. And you scale it up, like literally you're everything you do, your courage, your calling, it becomes possible. And it's just like, the more we talk about it and I love the thing is we can talk about all the good things, like you said, but if we don't know what to look out for, it's just like, well, there's all these opponents that strike against our confidence. And so, yeah, I'm hoping today's conversation just increases our awareness of what to be mindful of so that you don't all of a sudden find yourself backsliding in your level of fabulousness. Amen, sister. I totally agree with you. I've, I've screamed it from the rooftops for so many years that everyone thinks it's like all of the things except for the absolute 100% main thing, which is 
confidence. Like when you are confident in yourself and it doesn't mean, obviously you and I both know this. It doesn't mean that you don't have bad days. It doesn't mean that you have these beliefs that sneak up, but overall, if you're confident in who you are and your purpose on this planet, you can really honest to God achieve everything and anything. Yeah. hundred percent. And hundred percent confidence also doesn't mean that self-doubt is not there. Amen. I think it's so important. I think some people are like, I'm almost there. I'm almost confident. And I'm like, if you are 51% confident, you're enough. That's it. I just need the majority of your thoughts to be believing. And then 49% that doubt, that's fine. Just, we need majority share. That's what wins anything. That's it. Oh my gosh. That's not a problem. The doubt's not the problem. It's what you make it mean and whether you listen to it or not. Yes, girl. That small, still voice. I mean, that's really what I truly like what I preach to everyone is like the minute you are confident enough to listen to that small, still voice. I know you're a woman of faith as well. You know, the minute you're confident enough to listen to that small, still voice and quit toning it out and listening to all of the other noise, that's what changes the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So tell me, because I know everyone is here for a quick dose of like, give me all the bloody things. Let me learn as much as I possibly can in this 30 minutes of time. So tell me what you believe is the, you know, the top few things that really hurt your confidence. Cause we've talked time and time again on what helps, but like, what are the things that like are, are holding you back? Yeah. Well, I think so. I've, I came up with five things for us, but fundamentally, I think also before we even say that, it's the lack of, of giving our, it starts with, so this is the bonus, bonus one is not even bonus at the beginning is not even believing that it's available to us or, or even just limiting what you think is as far as possible for you and your in life. So just expanding the imagination and just going, people like me do things like this and God put purpose in me. That's unique from anybody else. And I can either steward that well and believe in it and believe in what I cannot see. Cause that is what faith is right. Confidence in what we cannot see. So I can believe in that and, and, and lean into it and show up with excellence. Or I could just be like, you know, I'm just an average person. Like, so first it's the belief that you were made for confidence and that it's in you. We just need to strengthen it. So that's the, I think we, so lack of belief is the first thing, but that's not what I got. Cause you know what? I am a, I'm a words girl. I love alliteration. So I'm not going to mess that bonus tip up because I got five C's for us, five C's for us. We got five, we got the five things that I really, when I was thinking about what we're going to talk about today that hurt your confidence, we've got comparison, complaining, criticism, cynicism, and complacency. Oh my God. I don't know where you want to start with those, but they're all good. And they're all C's. Okay. Well, let's start. And by the way, and I'm not really a words person, words of affirmation is definitely not my love language. I am like, Oh, "Oh, "Oh, is it? You're my husband. Oh, my husband. Some days I just have to just give all of the words. Mine is quality time. My husband could bring home a Range Rover and I'd be like, yay, thank you. And yet he could be like, Hey, do you want to go for lunch? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I am in love with you. That's so you're my husband then. It's completely oh, opposite. Yep. 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 I love, <laughs> I love it. That's so funny. Okay. So number one, let's start with that. Yeah. So number one is comparison. And you know, here's, I think it's cognitively so many of us are like, well, I don't really compare myself. And I got to tell you, I don't care who you are. If you have a human brain, you're going to open an app to just message a friend on Instagram. Or you want to see your friend's baby and you're going to see suggested feed full of videos that you're not following. And there's your brain is going to do micro comparisons without you even realizing it. 
So then you'll, you won't even notice. And there's this like lower grade of like, Oh, like I'm was feeling pretty good today, but like, Oh, they, like, you know, I see these videos of like five friends dressed in the nines, ready to go out. And I'm like, coming back from the gym with my kids and like, wow, they've got the, like, it's funny. You don't even realize what you're thinking, but we are constantly, we live in a culture where we are inundated with comparison, even if we don't think we're engaging in it. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the things with confidence, confidence is comes from guarding your mind and we have to be on guard for how we're assaulted with comparison. And let's not make it a problem. Let's just make it part of what life is, right? Like it's just to be expected. This is one of the obstacles and I know every day I'm going to be faced with comparative thoughts, whether I'm comparing up and trying to make myself feel better because I'm feeling secure and I want to put someone down in my brain. You know, nice people, we do this though, or I'm comparing down and going, well, she's so great. I can never be this. We, or we tell ourselves stories. We see a cute family or a friend and, and you're like, oh, they're so pretty. They don't have any problems. You're like, okay, well, first off. <laughs> The stories, the stories. I totally feel like nice not to have problems. Right. And you're like, okay, they literally, they're, they're just humans. Like, so we create all these narratives and we, and that is this engaged comparison. And then of course there is comparison to this perfectionistic ideology and ideal that is completely false. Like we, I think I know I work with a lot of my clients. I work with high achievers, um, who put a lot of pressure on themselves right? Enneagram threes, type eights, Cause that's, that's what I am. Right. And I get the, I get it because you go, well, you know, I'm doing pretty good, but like, really I could do better. Mm. And you're like, so we're comparing to perfection. We're comparing to a timeline often that we're like, well, I should have been here. I mean, this is pretty good. What I'm doing, my results are good, whether it's weight loss, business growth, whatever, um, athletic performance, you're like, but really if I had like done a little bit better, I would be further along. So there's always like, I'm never, it's that comparison, even to your own imagined actually arbitrary timeline creates inadequacy and lack. And you're like, why are we doing this to ourselves? It's all optional yet. We do it. So, so we, we, we engage in it. I think we engage in it pretty subconsciously. And so the way to circumvent that is to just go, okay, well, hmm, comparison thoughts. This is when my brain tries to compare. Okay. Cause that neutralizes it. And then I don't, because I used to get really in the loop and be like, oh, I'm comparing again. Oh, like I'm just, I know I'm just supposed to be Trish and, but here I'm comparing. And now I'm like, oh, I should be better managing my mind. And then I get all in the loop about that. And instead I can just be like, ah, oh, my brain is trying to compare. Okay, cool. Hey brain, we're good. And then you can kind of just keep going. Oh my gosh. Everything. I love every single solitary word that you said. I've said it a thousand <laughs> times, but I just, I, I no, honestly, I really do. Cause I think it's so true. Right. Especially because now social media, we're inundated with it. I mean, a two-year-old knows how to use their phone more than I do. Like, it's just like literally one of those things. Right. And the algorithm works to feed into that insecurity. I mean, like I'm not one that uses a ton of filters and stuff like that. I know a lot of people do and, and I'm, I'm, there's no judgment, but like a lot of the things that people are seeing are not even real. And it's, it's something as simple as like a filter, right? Like you, there's probably a lot of people that you follow that you are literally seeing a 1% of their life. That's not even le- like real. Right. But and pass so, them in the street and not know that that's them. 100%. How many people have you ever gone to an event with or like a workshop or seminar or whatever? And you're like, I swear to God, I didn't even recognize it was the same person. That has happened to me so many times. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. That's what I always say. Like the biggest, you know, (laughs) I think like the biggest flattery thing is when someone says to me, like, oh my God, you look exactly the same as I do online. I was like, yeah, right. Cause you're just like, okay. Yeah. Cause I'm not filtered up 99% of the time. And like, I really show you that I'm complete disaster 50% of the time. And I've got my shit together 50% of the time. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Number two, number Number two. two, number two, complaining. And it's so funny. I it's, it's, it's a cancer of the mind, right? Complaining is, and we, it sneaks in without us realizing because we could have like an amazing, like things are amazing. You're living your dream life. And yet then you're like, yeah, but you know, but I got to do this and it's a long day and it's not fair. Like, I know that even in, um, in marriage, right. I can, your brain sometimes I'll be like, oh, you know, I am doing more than he is. And and like, why am I complaining? I've got the man of my dreams. I'm going to complain about the dishes, who, which he actually is very involved in. Our brain, <laughs> our, our brain is always trying to find ways, I find, to feel sorry for ourselves, to get us to go, you know, maybe you shouldn't put so forth so much effort. And right, you and I know that when you stop really just showing up in life, that is the, be, like, that's what puts the brakes on confidence. The decision to just go, I'm a person who shows up. I'm a person who shows up and does stuff. Therefore, I'm in the 1%. I'm going to fail a whole lot. I'm going to feel a whole lot, but I will not stop showing up. That is what makes champions, period, in life. So you're like, but the brain is always like, but when I start complaining, I immediately start throwing a pity party. And I complain, and we complain about little things. We complain about stoplights. We complain about a hard workout or what we don't want to do. Or I don't know, I complain about doing my QuickBooks and Excel. Like sometimes, you know, I'm like, okay, and somebody else wants to do your, your money for you. Somebody wants to be in your spot, Trish. So stop complaining. But we also... Because then it, what it does is just distracts us. It puts a negative atmosphere in our mind. And look, your positive, your your confidence and your courage muscles cannot thrive in negative soil. And so the the act of complaining, even if you're like complaining that your weight loss goals aren't going as fast as you want, or your business growth, or whatever it might be, you're like, does it does this serve me? No, it just doesn't. Now that being said, it is okay sometimes to be like, oh, this stinks. Like, we don't want to go into like toxic positivity, like, but then like you acknowledge it and like, no, nah, that was a bummer. Didn't work out and then move forward. Right. So we can allow the brain to, to acknowledge, but then we don't camp out there. Amen, sister. It's like exactly what you said. You know, so many times people always want to know what the pot of gold at the, like, how do I get to that pot of gold faster? And yet it's honestly like the tiniest thing showing up every single day, stopping your negative thoughts, figuring out how to control what you can control even if you were 10% better at not complaining, that's getting you light years ahead of where you are currently. Right. So it's just the tiniest little things, but everyone never wants to do the tiny things because they always think there's going to be like this fast track to success or this fast track to, to happiness and abundance and all the things it's like, no, no, no. It's the tiniest little things that make the biggest difference. And I think you highlighted something really important here for most people who are probably listening to the show. Mm-hmm. They probably aren't complainers and probably don't identify, but we complain. I think the most when you're driven and you want to have like, do like go live out your purpose. You're probably not a complainer in, in like nature, but you're probably complaining that your results are that you're not further along. Yeah. We're complaining that like, I know I complain. I'm just not patient enough. And so I kept complaining about not being patient enough instead of actually working on my patience and my presence. So like, you know, I think you highlighted like, it's not coming fast enough. So we, compl- we don't even notice that as a complaint, but what that does, man, that just, 
it's like, that's poison to your confidence. It's poison to your belief. Cause then you're like, I'm behind. Maybe I'm not meant to do this. Maybe I can't do this. Maybe I'm not smart enough. Why are they further ahead? Like it just becomes the compare. It goes right to comparison. Exactly. What's number three, love? Number three, criticism. Mm-hmm. And I would say, honestly, I, in the context of, of the, the clients and the students I work with, I think the crit- criticism is self-criticism most often. I don't find that we're often so critical of others because we're like, I'm a really nice person. And the thing is, is that, and you're like, I want to love everyone. And then you're like, and I'm like the biggest B to myself, right? Our self-critical mind. And I work with a lot of athletes, a lot of um, uh, just high, highest level of athletics. And it's, there's an interesting dichotomy there because sometimes to get to high levels of achievement, you have to be really tough on yourself. So fine line between being tough and having amazing high expectations or first to get there, last to leave, but then also being hypercritical. So it's like, how do you find that line? And it's that criticism, critic, the critical voice just steals from you. It, what it does is it maximizes what's not going well and minimizes what's, what's going right. So your brain is only focused on how terrible, how, like where you have to improve versus noticing your victories. Cause your confidence comes like every time you do more, you become more and more confident. Like just watch a child learn a new skill. I've taken, I have a four-year-old and a six-year-old and um, we're a big snowboarding family. So I'm taking my four-year-old out as often as I can right now to the mountain. And he just, he's mastering these skills and it's amazing watching children piece their skills to, you know, he's with any sport, with any activity, you're like, all of a sudden he learned to stop. Now he learned to turn. Now he's running goofy. Now he's doing, he's jumping up on his board. Like dude went from like, like skip five levels in one day, simply because he was like, I did it. And then like, he didn't, cause he's four, he's not overthinking it. Hey. He thinks he's so cool, man. Like, and of course I'm cheering him on. It's amazing what that cheering on. And then also that momentum of like little wins. And you notice a little, when you notice the little wins, your confidence, it's like, it's like accelerated. And the way we cut that at its knees is criticism. Yes. I used to be the queen of self-criticism. So like, I have, like, I feel like if anybody can overcome, if I can overcome that, anybody can. Oh my gosh. I'm totally exact same thing. I mean, I know we don't know each other crazy well, but I mean, my exact same story, right? I was like the meanest human on the planet to myself. That's the reason why I got into this, you know, right. me too. Probably myself. the person to everybody else, like the nicest oh, yeah. person. Of course. Oh, exactly. And it was, it, it was like a deep, dark, horrible secret that you have within yourself because outside looking in, everyone thinks your life is amazing. Like I was playing professional golf and doing all the things, but yeah. And, and until you heal that, it literally does nothing else matters. But I love the analogy you used with your, uh, with your son, because it's so true. I, I used to play professional golf and you watch a, t- a child putt and there is literally, they're so good. It's just a natural instinct. And every time you give them like a cheer, right? They're like even more so natural. They, there's that, awesome. they're not mad at themselves when they miss it. They're like, okay, let me do it again. Let me do it again. And we as adults, it's like, you miss one time. You're like, oh, I am the worst human ever. What's wrong with me? I suck at this. I should quit and all the things. And kids are like, just loving. I love that analogy. Love it. Love it. Love it. They don't make it mean anything. They just keep going. Right. Exactly. We as adults are so screwed up in our heads. Oftentimes is because we make everything mean something. It is just a thought. That was like what you said about number two, right? It's all exactly the same thing. Yeah. Uh, number four is cynicism. And it's interesting. I, I don't identify as being cynical. Never have. I'm like the eternal optimist. I am married to a cynic though. So, and <laughs> lovingly so, 
<laughs> and it's a good thing. It's a good, it's good to look at that. But what I noticed in so I'm, I'm very sensitive to cynical voice. And I've watched in my my you know 10 years of coaching and work with people. And on my own podcast, it's just going, the cynical voice is what it does is it's the, it's the voice that causes us to start and stop. We, we get really motivated. We really, we step, what I like to call it is stepping in and out of belief, right? Like you believe in yourself and then you try and then you get discouraged and then defeated. And then the cynical voice is like, well, I mean, you probably, you probably wouldn't have worked out anyways. We justify and then we play small and we take a break. And then we were like re-inspired or we like, you know, I, we, we listen to our favorite podcasters again. And we're like jazzed up. We're like, I'm gonna go do it again. This time I'm consistent. And then we don't allow for ourselves to be human. And then we get disappointed that we like sidestep a little bit or we have an off day. And then we're like, oh, who was I think? And so it's the cynicism. I think the cynicism is a, it's the, it's doubt that's expressed in a socially acceptable way. Yeah. It's right. Because we say it to things, we look at, I don't know, you look at your, uh, a hero, you're like, oh, it must be nice to be that successful. That's cynicism. Like you are literally going, they're different than me. That's not available to me. And you will, it will never be available to you if you continue to stay in that narrative. Amen. Yeah. 110%. No, I mean, it's, it's exactly what you're saying. Cause we all tell these, uh, you know, I just did a uh, workshop on um, keeping the momentum up in my mm. community. I was talking about it. It's exactly the same thing, right? Like the momentum part, like so many times it, it's, we're recording this middle of January right now. And, you know, everyone does these new year's resolutions and these new goals and all the things and something will happen and they stop the momentum. How do you keep that going? Because that is the ultimate key into confidence. That is the ultimate key to a successful, happy, purposeful life is like, keep going even when the momentum stops. But the minute you like you hit the nail on the head, the minute you start comparing your life to someone else's, the minute that you go, that's not available to me, that is when everything gets derailed. And unless you are building that muscle constantly, that confidence muscle constantly to go, you know what, you're a human being doing human things and you're going to have a human day. How do you keep moving forward? Yeah. Well, I think you, you keep moving forward by, by what I tell people. One of my favorite things to, to tell my students is that extraordinary things come by doing ordinary things with extraordinary commitment. That's yeah. it. That's it. We just keep, again, or even sim- more simply, I'm just keep showing up. I'm going to be the girl who keeps showing up. That's it. I have, I have one of my male clients, my one-on-one male clients. Yeah. He literally says my superpower to success. And this guy does, you know, close to a million dollars a year. My superpower to success is that I'm just consistent. That's it. That's his 100%. superpower. A hundred percent. There's yeah. nothing extraordinarily that he does. And I'm going to, and I don't even really, like I said, I don't really know you as well. Yeah. And you don't really know me as well, but I guarantee you one That's of it. our two superpowers is that we can get our ass kicked. We can have mm-hmm. bad days. Things could not go the way that we want them to go. And yet we may cry. We may scream. We may, you know, throw our computer down we, all the things, but yeah. there is zero quit. The, it's, it's, you I'm up at 5 a.m. trying yeah. again. Amen. Yeah. And that yeah. is like the key. And yet most people don't want to believe that because they, they look at other people like, oh, they must know something that we don't know. Nope. That's it. No, no. I know. Well, it sucks to hear that too. <laughs> it does. I feel like the, the key to any success is the willingness to feel your feelings and to fail. If you just embrace that and you're like, that is part of the process, then I can do anything. 
and don't make it mean anything. Like you're talking about, it's it's not that you're like, it's not that you're bad. It's not that you can't do it. It's not, it's not any of those things. It's just that you're a human being doing a human thing and human things happen. You are human being like, just do not let it turn. Do not let, you know, a bad moment turn into a bad, you know, month, year, whatever, because then it's, it's hard to get back on. And that's when your confidence kind of gets derailed. And that's where you just don't like really do the small things consistently that like, like you said, over time, turn into the big thing. Okay. So give us the last one. Yeah. So, so it's almost a, it's a little bit of piggyback on this cynical, like what's the point and that's complacency and complacency really just being, uh, and I, I would say this complacency more for when you're already achieving and you're sort of at the leading sphere of the people, you know, and it's time to up level your, 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 at least your crowd of your goal crowd. But we go, well, I mean, I really like pretty good. Like we have, I don't know, I've, I've reached all my goals or I got a good life or, um, you know, it was a, I made more money than I ever thought possible. Like is it wrong to want more? Like, do I really need more? Like we start just going, I guess this is good enough. And it's that complacency to believe that like we, that good is good enough when greatness is what's within us. Mm-hmm. And you go and it's like, you're like, yeah, but I would, I'm going to feel bad if I'm, if I'm too successful. So honestly, guilt of success or fear of too much success, but that brings in a lot of, I mean, we have a lot of self-doubt of like, if I'm too successful and then I'm in the spotlight, but then I, I don't know, I, whatever your insecurity is going to be is coming in. I might look bloated and they're going to think I'm th- like, whatever. I mean, we go wild, right? The wild, the wild, wild West comes out of our brains of why we don't want to be seen. And so you go, so it'd be safer to say, I don't want those things and just be really grateful. And sometimes we use again, toxic, positive, positive, toxic, almost gratitude against ourselves. And I'm all for a daily gratitude practice, but we're like, I'm just really grateful for where I'm at. And then we don't stretch into what we can, we can do. And, you know, just for me, from a faith perspective, I believe that if you have a seed of potential planted in you, it is your moral obligation to steward that, to water it, to grow it, to stretch it, to let that thing bloom, to go big, to, to get that fruit out in the world and and, and actually make a difference in the world. Even if you're more, look, when, when we get to places of complacency, life can be very good, but what if it's supposed to be even better? Or what if it's not about you? Like. You know, we got to get out there to, 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 to let that confidence rise up. I feel like confidence and the cultivation of confidence and courage together, you end up living a life that's extraordinary and you end up being an example of what is possible to others. The only reason so many of us do anything is because we believe we get it. We see someone do something cool and you're like, oh, I can do that too. Like as a little, I was a, I was a division one swimmer and swam internationally a little bit after, after college. And so like, as a little girl, my big dreams, the things that carried me, things that taught me all this consistency was Olympic swimmers. So I watched the Olympics as a five-year-old and said, that is what I want to do. I had to see an example of what was possible to, to stretch bigger my thoughts. And what I love is about confidence is when you show up and you, 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 you fight against the comparison, you fight against the complaining and the criticism and the cynicism and, and really the complacency you go, I was made for more. And I was made for more for myself, but also to be an example of what's possible to others. And that's where, man, that just, that will wake you up every day. Amen. 110%. I've said it a thousand times on this podcast. So I'll say it yeah. one more time. Yeah. It is your God given responsibility to live yes. what's inside of you. 
God-given responsibility, 110%. You have a purpose in you and it's your God-given responsibility to do that. And a hundred percent agree with what you're saying. You know, when you can make it less about you and make it about others, that's really when you thrive. I always tell people the minute you start thinking about the money, when you start making it all as selfish as you possibly can, that's when you get stuck. I mean, when you make it about someone else and, and that's why who you surround yourself with is like earth shatteringly important because when you're around other people and it's not just financial, but when you're around other people who think differently, when you're around other people who like give differently, if you're around other people who, you know, live at this highest level of vibration where they believe everything at all is possible. I started playing golf when I was really, really old. I started playing when I was 18 years old, but how I got, yeah, really, really like, and I went to college two years later, um, won the first three tournaments I ever uh, played in. But the reason why I did that is because I started playing with people who were really, really good. The only reason why I was allowed to play is because I had money. (laughs) I was making good money in the bar industry. So they let me play, but I will tell you within one year, I got damn good enough to get a college scholarship And the reason why I did that is because I was around people who were so much better than me. When you are with people who have more, do more, dream more, big more, all of the things, they become possible. Just like you said. 100%. I love this. I love this. I love this. I'm so grateful that you came and joined me. And I know that people are going to walk away with a fire in their belly. Um, Where can everyone find you? Everyone can find me. Well, first, if you love podcasts, which you obviously do, you can come find me at the Confidence Podcast. Um, so we post new episodes every Tuesday, and your girl Christina is going to be on there. So you definitely want to come. And then um, also trishblackwell.com. So easy to remember. And then also you can check out collegeofconfidence.com. Instagram, Trish underscore Blackwell. Come say hi. Amazing. Thank you, girl. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Hey, y'all, it's Christina. I just wanted to jump in here real quick. On a recent podcast, I mentioned that I have been on over 100 free discovery calls over the last year, and I want to do the exact same thing in 2022. People often wonder, well, what do I get out of these calls? Men and women from around the world who are jumping on these calls are walking away from the calls with more clarity, figuring out the mindset block that's stopping them from feeling really confident to make more money, feel fulfilled, and know what next step they have to take in order to decide it's their turn. So if you've ever thought about jumping on one of these calls, I would absolutely love to talk to you. So feel free to send me a text at 501 501- 222-3362. Text me the word call and we can book one of those calls or head over to the show notes and you've got a link to my website where you can book a free discovery call with me. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that will help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.